Well, he didn't like that mm-hmm. at all. So he came back in the room. And at that time, I was just like, forget it, Toya, get up. So it won't be no mess. So I was getting up. He comes out of the closet. And I, re- I swear I remember this like it was yesterday. He came out of the closet and he pulls this gun out. And I'm looking like, okay, where did that come from? Because I go in the closet every day, but he had it hidden. And to make a long story short, he was just basically like, you're going to get up and you're going to fix my food or else you won't live to hear the rest of this. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Imperfectly Beautiful podcast. This podcast is a community for melanated queens who are ready to prioritize holistic self-care as the ultimate form of self-love. My name is Toya, and I'm extremely passionate about helping you take back your crown and live your best life. With each discussion, I will take you along my own personal journey to self-love, as well as feature guests that will give you practical self-care tips for your mental, physical, spiritual, and financial well-being. Are you ready to invest and thrive in your own journey to happiness and wholeness? Then let's get started. to share a discussion that was recorded back in 2020 prior to me starting this podcast because it tells of a powerful story of a woman's journey to self-love after leaving a domestic violence relationship. While I'm someone who has never been in a domestic violence relationship, there are many women that have and I wanted to shed light on this topic as well as to provide some hope to someone that may be currently in a domestic violence relationship. I want you all to know that I empathize with you and that it is my prayer that you make the best decision for yourself and even for your family. Now, if you're currently in a domestic violence relationship and you need help, please don't hesitate to reach out for assistance at the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. Ladies, please know that you're not alone in this and that you can get through this. It is my hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. And I wanted to bring on someone to share their story about what they've endured as an opportunity to encourage someone who may be dealing with the same or similar situation. So, Toya, thank you so much for joining me on today. Welcome. Um, I just want to provide a brief introduction. Toya is from Chicago. She currently resides in Texas. She has been a cosmetologist for over 30 years and is known as the short hair guru. So I wanted to bring her on to share her story about, you know, her life and what she's endured as an opportunity to, um, for her to possibly encourage and uplift someone else. And so my first question would be, or statement would be, can you share a bit of your story to our listeners about, you know, why I decided to bring you on today? A little bit? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can sum it up really quick. Well, it all started pretty much when right out of high school, I was 18. I was young. I got married really young. Mm -hmm. And around 19, I wind up getting married to my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And at 19, I wound up having an abortion because our relationship became really violent. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point I was just kind of like, if I have this baby, my life is probably really going to be over with. And so just kind of fast forwarding, we went through so many crisis. Well, I did with him personally, because I wanted to believe that he really cared about me. Mm-hmm. But in essence, what I thought was love at that time really wasn't love. Yeah. 
and even for himself. I mean, because I talk to him to this day and he feels the same way. It's just kind of like, what was we thinking? But it, I mean, at the end, it was pretty much his upbringing. Mm-hmm. Once I really started analyzing things at an older age, I knew it was just his upbringing on what he had experienced. So he was only duplicating what he was taught. Mm-hmm. And so um, after that, I wind up getting pregnant. So I didn't keep the first baby, but the second time we tried to work it out like two years later, wound up getting pregnant again and decided that I was going to keep the baby. Well, that was another whole story because I found at the time I had fibroids really bad. Mm -hmm. And so after so far into the pregnancy, the doctor said you will be on bed rest because your fibroids are going to grow because of your hormones changing. Well, got on bed rest, wasn't even on bed rest two weeks, went to the bathroom and I'm like, what in the world? So I wind up losing the baby at such a young age and just happened to experience that part of it outside of the domestic violence. It was it was a lot. It was a lot to take on. It was really challenging. So for me, it was just it was it was a tough space in my life because at that point I was just kind of like it has to be a different way. I can't possibly think that this is something that I'm supposed to experience and it's normal Mm -hmm. for the rest of my entire life. And so, and we went back and forth for a while until he wound up finding somebody. Then he kind of just fizzled out the picture and it made it easier, but I had to think about me. Like the good thing is I had support. Once I finally told somebody, Mm -hmm. I had support of my best friend that I grew up with, Beverly. Um, At the time, my roommate was Celeste Munden and then my cousin. So they started getting me out the house and was just like, you need to figure yourself out because you got a lot going on. (laughs) So at that time, I still didn't know what loving yourself really was, but I did start working out, eating better, spending time with my friends and family. But what I think about love, I mean, um, self-love now is totally different from, from it's a whole different picture. (laughs) But for the most part, What I will say is I wouldn't change anything because it actually sculpted me into who I am now because I get so much, especially now, I get so many people inboxing me pretty much just like, oh my God, you just have this glow. You always so positive, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's crazy because I've never experienced that before, ever. But lately... I. Men and women, it don't matter. And it don't even matter the color. They just send me <laughs> random inboxes like, you're so uplifting. Yeah. So it's awesome, though. Um, a friend and I were just talking about this yesterday and how sometimes we can think about our own circumstances and think that what we're going through or what it is that we're experiencing, like, it's just for us. And, like, sometimes we go through things and it's to help somebody else who may end up dealing with the same situation that you're in. So I just appreciate you being brave enough to share your story and um, just all that you've went through, because even in this discussion, you know, it may, it may encourage or help or uplift someone else as well. It's funny you say that because that's what I had to realize, even though I just felt like it was pretty much the end of the world. Mm-hmm. My story is really not for me. Yeah, It's for helping other people. I was placed in this position because I know I will be able to help somebody else just from them hearing my story. Because I had clients that's been through domestic violent relationships and they wouldn't say a word, but I could tell just about how they maneuvered yeah. and they would say certain things. And when I would say something, then that's, they opened up a little bit, 
but they was just surprised. Like, how do you know that? I said, cause I've been there mm-hmm. and you have to address it and you have to be strong enough to lead because if you don't lead, two things going to happen. Either he going to be dead or you going to be dead. Mm-hmm. It's really no other route around it because mm-hmm. if you're trying to save your life, you, you're going to think about yourself first. Yep. So my next question would be, what was the breaking point for you in your journey in this abusive relationship? Like what was the, the final situation or thing that happened where it was just like, okay, I need to get out of this. Like this isn't, this isn't safe or this isn't, you know, the best situation for me. It was one night I was at home and I was still in hair school and I have dinner and everything, put it on the plate, put the microwave lid on it. Literally, all he had to do was put it in the microwave. Just that simple. So he was out late. He came in. I'm just going to say about two o'clock in the morning because it was late. He woke me up and was like, I'm I'm hungry. Can you fix my food? And I'm like, "Um, I have to be at Pivot Point. I was in hair school at the time. I was like, I got to be at school in like three hours. I got to get up and take an hour ride. I said, it's already on the plate. Let's go warm it up. Well, he didn't like that mm-hmm. at all. So he came back in the room. And at that time, I was just like, forget it, Toya, get up. So it won't be no mess. So I was getting up. He comes out of the closet. And I, re- I swear I remember this like it was yesterday. He came out of the closet and he pulls this gun out. And I'm looking like, okay, where did that come from? Because mm-hmm. I go in the closet every day. But he had it hidden. And to make a long story short, he was just basically like, you're going to get up and you're going to fix my food or else you won't live to hear the rest uh-huh. of this. Live to hear, live to see anything else. And so before I could like turn around and just walk out the room and go into the kitchen, he had the gun pointed to my head and he just pulled the trigger. And it was no grace, by the grace of God, it was no bullets in there. At that moment, it was just darkness. It was like I saw my life ending. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I realized there wasn't bullets in there, I, I just kind of said, okay. I thought about a lot of stuff that my father used to tell me. He was like, if somebody tried to take your life, you do what you need to do. I don't care if it's fighting dirty, you name it. Mm-hmm. So what he didn't know was that I had little things stored in different spots in the room so that I can have something quick to grab to start hitting them and stuff like that. And so I wind up, I had a hammer under the bed. For whatever reason, he thought it was funny. He was like, you thought it was some bullets in here, didn't you? And the moment he said that, and when he walked in that room to put the gun back, I got my hammer. When he came out, I just said, clap. He fell to the ground. I ran upstairs. And that was the first time I told my parents. Oh my God. The very Let's first time. About the situation before. Because I hit it. Mm-hmm. I always hit everything because they lived upstairs. We was downstairs and I was in school and I was working. So I wasn't hardly home. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got home, I was asleep. He worked. He stayed out late. So it was just kind of like in and out. Mm-hmm. And from that moment is when I was just like, I'm done. And that's just scratching the surface because mm-hmm. after that part, he still was trying to do stuff. and We wasn't even in the same household no more. I'm yeah. glad you got away from that situation. Yeah, it, I, I have truly been blessed to be able to see another day. And that's why I tell people, we, go, we will always go through something. We will have challenges here and there, obstacles, whatever you want to call it. But when you believe truthfully in the higher power, mm-hmm. you will make it through anything. You just got to believe that you can. Whether you stuck for a month or two months or three months, you can still overcome it. And it's hard, but... It, it's possible. Yeah. It's very well possible. 
So my next question would be, as someone who's overcome loss, abuse, sickness, low self-esteem, how do you or did you find the strength to make it through it? Well, a lot of it was because I have a good support system. My family, I'm huge on family. And my cousin, Tracy, and my friend, Beverly, they really helped me get through a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And then once I realized what true friendship was and when I realized that, Tori, you got to figure out how to take your life back, regardless if somebody's teaching you or at that time, it was more so I was seeing how other people were living that was in a healthy relationship. And I was like, I want to be in that type of relationship. So I started spending and hanging out with them, just trying to understand, oh, this is what a relationship's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Even with the little obstacles and things they may have experienced, but it was no fighting. It was no trying to kill you. It was none of that. They was communicating and they was allowing each other to hear each other so that they can have a healthy relationship. And so at that time, that's what I I was around people that was having a relationship that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So what is one thing that helped you in overcoming trauma and learning how to love and care for yourself? It was a rough one. But the one thing I can say, I started reading a lot of self-help books Mm -hmm. and I started just really praying and believing in God more, getting my spirituality together because I was lacking that part of it. And if I I had to really sum it up, those really are the two main core things. I started reading a lot of self-care care books, answering the questions, sitting back. It was almost my form of meditation, Mm -hmm. but I was reading the book and physically answering the questions that was in the book. And that started helping me on my journey. Do you have like a favorite book? Oh, well, you know what? It's not even a book that's my favorite. What I listen to on an everyday basis, and I play it while I go to sleep, um, was introduced to a lady named Louise Hay. I read her book and it's good. I read one. I can't remember the name of it, but she's good. She passed away recently, I believe. Yep. She was 97 years old. Healing Your Life is, is a good book. But I listened to a video a friend of mine sent me and I play it every single day. If I don't miss do it during the day, I play it while I'm asleep because your subconscious is still going to grasp what you need. So if I had to pick anything, Louise Hay, her books, her videos are my, that was my source to where I'm at today. Yeah. Literally. She's, yeah, she's great. I love her stuff too. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Just her wording and how she put things and mm-hmm. how she tell you that write down specifically or say specifically what it is you actually want. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes into fruition. Yeah. And I do it to this day. If I want to, I just say when I moved here, I wanted a, a, a nice apartment with an open floor plan, mm-hmm. buy some water and I literally, the resources do is like just falling in my lap. So the power of the tongue is real. It's real. And then what I just really started realizing maybe about three or four years ago, and I think I realized it before, but I didn't realize it like this because now when you hear stuff, it resonates different to you now than it did when you was in your 20s. But your thoughts have to still align with what your mouth says in order for your manifestation to come. And some people that I find, their mouth is saying what they want, but their thoughts is just like, oh, I ain't going to be able to get yep. that. Yep. And I think a lot of times we don't consider how our thought process affects our reality. So whether it's 
you know, believing what the thing, what, what the scripture says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So as a, as a man thinketh, like, so is he, or, um, or just speaking like positive affirmations, like whatever, um, whatever process someone chooses to follow. I, I just don't, I think sometimes we don't consider like how, um, how important that is and how pivotal that is into helping to transform your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and going back to the point that you said, like a lot of times we will speak stuff, but it's like internally we don't believe it. Like we may say like, oh, well, um, I'm going to get this new job or something like that for an example. But it's just like internally, it's just like you probably think like, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, I can never do something like this. Or, oh, like I can never see myself making this amount of money or, you know what I'm saying? So what you allow yourself to think and the words and the things that you kind of continue to focus on it impacts your life, whether it's in a positive or a negative way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. The next question I wanted to ask, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone that is struggling to love themselves? Off the top of my head, one piece of advice to just know your worth, know that no matter what you have to put yourself first mm-hmm. before anybody else. And I'm going to go back to your spirituality when you operate out of love and you love God, you'll believe that you can make a difference in your life and be an inspiration to somebody, get over whatever struggles you're having. And once you can realize that, it's only when things that come your way, you'll be able to just deal with it and keep it moving. You know, because when you are not in that position, things linger on so long to where you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you learn how to start operating in love, learn how to love yourself, being connected with God, because that's where your belief system really lies. Yeah. Because we can talk to friends and family all day long, but when you can sit with self and have that connection with whomever your higher power is, that's when your belief system really takes off and it'll help you get through anything that you are dealing with, mm-hmm. literally anything. And then learning to love ourselves to um, allows us to be in a healthy relationship. If you don't value who you are as a person, then it puts you in a position to accept anything and anyone. And so I think when we first learn to love ourselves first, and that gives us an opportunity to know how to give love and know like what it is and what it what isn't that we, we shouldn't you know tolerate or accept. And what I realized is because even with, and and a lot of people don't look at this, but I realized growing up, we were accustomed to pretty much eating whatever we wanted to eat Mm -hmm. with no worries, no nothing. But as I started listening to Louise Hay and Abraham Hicks and other people, she said something to me, well, like she was really talking, she said something (laughs) in her video. Right, she said something in her video. And I had to replay it because I'm like, And I had to think about it like, oh, that do make sense. So she Mm -hmm. said, a part of loving yourself is what we feed our bodies. That's true. How we work out. She said, because diabetes is strong, high blood pressure is strong, but it comes from what we eat. But because we grew up eating a certain type of way, you always hear the phrase, I've been eating like this all my life. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's correct. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's healthy. So when she started saying that, I was, I had to think about some stuff when I had fibroids really bad comes from eating meat, the hormones that they pump it into these animals, yeah. it makes them grow. 
you know, all of those different things. But when I decided to become plant-based is when I started hearing, your skin look amazing. Your energy is off the chain. You always seem so happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just one thing after another. But what I did was I did a 31-day challenge on changing my eating habits. Mm -hmm. I did plant-based. I even took the meat out. And when I saw the difference on how I felt and the stuff that people were saying, and then I, when I went back to eat meat, how I felt sluggish and tired, my thought process seemed like it was scattered all over the place. I was just like, hmm. And I kept eating meat. But one day I woke up and was like, I'm not eating no more meat. And two years in, and I get so many compliments on pretty much everything they just don't know the things that I've been through. Yeah. But they always be like, oh, I love your energy. I like being around you. I mean, it's always positive stuff. And so that was one thing I really took away was what you feed your body is part of self-love too. Because mm-hmm. we think of surface stuff, getting yeah. your hair done, your nails done. We don't think about the internal stuff. Yeah. That is so true. What is one thing that you know and value at this moment of your life and wish you would have known when you were younger? Okay really understanding what love looks like, what love looks like. And not just for a relationship with someone else, but for myself. Mm -hmm. Because when I realize now how I love me, I love my friends the same way. And they see it. It's a huge difference than when I was younger. And it's just valuing valuing love. Like, who are you? How do you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. Because when you know how you want to be treated, it sets the tone for how somebody treats you mm-hmm. and you can stop it. And the other thing is, is just really trusting your, your gut, you know, when it comes to certain things as far as relationships and stuff like that, because we will follow our heart instead of following our gut. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, it's two different things. Our heart will get us in trouble because yes. We, we love the person. We, we want the friendship, the relationship, what, whatever you want to call it. But when you see things and your gut is saying something on a repeated basis, that's what you should, should go off of. Mm-hmm. But love, to, love is my biggest thing. You know, that's what I would share. If anything could be um, that I could say, love to me is the only way to operate. Because when you operate in love, everything else is going to start aligning. Mm-hmm through challenges, through obstacles and everything. You just have to learn how to love people from afar if need be. Don't speak no ill will on them. You can't say I love a person, but then you turn around and you're talking about them. When you love them, you love them despite what they have done to you or anything. And a lot of my friends say this to me all the time, especially my godson's mom. She always say the reason why I made you Elijah's godmother is because you love people despite what they've done to you. You talk to them as if you don't have no hatred in the world. And I said, because I've done wrong things and I've been forgiven. Now, whether they like me or anything like that, I have no idea. But what I do know is I've done a lot of wrong, but God still loves me. Mm-hmm. So if he can love me, then I can operate and love people the same way. That's the good advice. Thank you. (laughs) So my last question would be, what is your favorite act of self-care or self-love and why? My favorite act is food, what I feed my body. Why? Because certain foods make you feel certain type of ways. Mm -hmm. And when I was eating meat, 
a whole bunch of dairy and all of that. I felt super sluggish. I felt tired. And now that I'm not eating none of those things, my energy is always on 10. The only time my energy is not on 10, if I call myself staying up to two or three o'clock in the morning, but my energy, my clarity is so much better. I even feel like when I stopped eating meat, my skin stopped looking so much older. I, I felt like I started looking younger. Mm. And I get that from a lot of people now. They're like, you don't look your age. And I'm like, oh. So I had to start paying attention to it. So I would say my food and my other one would be working out. Okay. And then working out, it, it just for me, it just helps me build my endurance up. But when you work out, you feel good. When you start looking good, you feel good. Mm -hmm. So it helps with your self-esteem and all of those entities. At this point, if I start working out, I start feeling bad. And I just figure out how to, I don't care if it's 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to do something every day. The only time I rest is on Saturday and Sunday. Well, actually, I take that back because I worked out this morning. <laughs> but usually I don't do anything on Saturday for okay. sure because I'll be at the salon. Okay. Okay. Well, that means you got a cookbook coming out soon or something? Yeah, <laughs> and it's a, it's a well, it's ninety nine pages. But my goal with the cookbook was to create not an overwhelming amount of recipes, but just enough where most people can say, "I can make every recipe in here." Because I used to collect cookbooks, and it was three hundred recipes, two hundred recipes, and I'm like, I'm not gonna ever finish these cookbooks. So my cookbook is like a, I don't really want to say a workbook, but like a cookbook journal. So it has affirmations in it, it has pictures, and it has roughly about 31, 32 recipes total. Okay. Because I wanted people to be able to experience trying each recipe and not having to say, no, nah, I can't do this. It's too yeah. many recipes. Yeah. And so the inspiration just came when I was off for COVID. I started cooking more and I realized that that was something that I always enjoy mm -hmm. outside of doing hair. And so a friend of mine was like, she reached out to me because she was asking me about meal prepping. And so I was helping her with her meal prep. She said, you should just make a cookbook and just sell the recipes. And then I could just make them from there. And so I was like, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And I will be launching it. I think my coach told me October 5th. We'll be oh, launching it October 5th. And we're going to put it up for pre-sales um, on Amazon and just wow. go from there. Yeah, that's I'm super awesome. excited about it. Congratulations. Thank you. Because <laughs> I know I've been trying, like, it's it's really hard to break away from meat. And I have been trying to try, like, the plant-based, you know, lifestyle. But it's overwhelming sometimes because it's like, okay, well, what do I do? And I know with me being a picky eater, just trying to find, like, different varieties and different ways to eat so that I won't get bored. And it's like, I come across some of your posts sometimes, you, like, Put the videos and the pictures up of your food and I'm like that looks so good but it's good like, how do you recreate it <laughs> so, so what you do is you have to think about like for me I'll use me as an example because I'm sure it can help somebody I thought about all the foods I enjoyed when I was a kid mm -hmm. and I went on Pinterest and Google the same recipe and I will just say we'll say hot dogs and I will put in plant-based hot dogs recipes. Mm -hmm. And I look at the reviews, see which one's the most popular. But Tabitha's recipe came up, Tabitha Brown. She did a hot dog with carrots. I saw and, that. When she in my mind, or something. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to be good. Who eats carrots like a hot dog? <laughs> but it's the marinades that she had in there 
that gave it that salty kind of taste that the hot dogs give. And once you put all that other stuff on there, it's amazing. It's actually really, really good. Really? And I thought of, I saw that video and I was like, I don't know how that's going to taste. It's, it's so good. That, that's going to be on my next cookbook because I tweaked, I modified mine from hers, but it's okay. good. I need to see it. It's the really good. So I would just go on Pinterest and find like the recipes you enjoy then and now. Okay. Play with those first. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, if you are a person that has to change your food up all the time, it will be hard. I eat, I'm a leftover junkie. I eat leftovers mm-hmm. all day. Okay. You know, I can eat them for the whole week, freeze what's left, and then make a whole new meal the next week because it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to feel like you got to make a different recipe for every day. And the best way, especially, I used, do you still do hair? Sometimes. <laughs> so for me, for me being a hairstylist, the best way for me is to meal prep my food. So I make enough food for the week anyway, so I don't have to cook every single day. Okay. Because that'll make it hard. And then to me, that's when the price of going grocery shopping seems to be so expensive because we kind of cook so many different things. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking, I'm just going to say, some kale and make it four different ways, a kale soup, a kale burrito, you know, a mm-hmm. kale on a sandwich, just make it <laughs> different ways so yeah. that you don't feel like you're eating the same thing, but you got the same ingredients, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, but when I did it, I did 31 days and I actually was following, doing it with a friend of mine, Roxanne. She wanted to go plant-based and see how she could release some weight. And so she was like, Darius Williams is a big time chef all over social media. And he was actually in Chicago and he did a 31 day vegan challenge and he did a recipe every single day. I couldn't do all the recipes like that, but he had done some cauliflower street tacos. I think I was stuck on them for so long. I made them like two weeks in a row. I'm going to have to go back on his page and look because I didn't see that. Oh yeah, he has a vegan cookbook. He has a vegan cookbook. I got it actually in my car, (laughs) but he has a vegan cookbook with some really good recipes. And it's more like vegan soul food because it's called Mm -hmm. vegan with soul. Mm -hmm. So you're able to enjoy the foods that you pretty much grew up on Mm -hmm. and convert it over. I mean, he has some great recipes. He had a smother cauliflower and I I tweaked mine and made it a lasagna versus over rice mm-hmm. and it was so good you just gotta your mind gotta be there when you ready because I mean my mind wasn't there for a long time I went back and forth and then I just woke up one day like I'm over this mm-hmm. I'm over it so I just started playing with recipes and I like to cook so that makes it fun mm-hmm. to explore different things so I do a lot of times now I make what I call walnut meat Mm-hmm. I take walnuts and I chop it up and make it look like the appearance of meat. Mm-hmm. And I eat that as my substitute for my chili, for my tacos. If I don't just do veggies, I use it on everything. And that stuff, So I make it a barbecue style or taco style. And it's so good. Like you, you really wouldn't be able to know it unless I, you watch me make it. But when you add it to foods, when you add it in spaghetti, they ain't going to know. Mm-hmm. Because it's so crumbled up that it, it it tastes really good. It's crazy, but it's good. You have to try it. Just actually, I'm, are you active, active on Facebook? Mm-hmm. I add you to my um, private Facebook group. It's okay. called Keep It Plant Based. And I just put a poll in there to see if people wanted to do 
a 31 day, 21 day, 14 day, seven day challenge going plant based. I'm down for it. So I add you to that today, and then we can just go from there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having this discussion with me. Um, welcome. It was great. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else, um, just to, if you aren't following Imperfectly Beautiful Official, be sure to follow on Facebook and Instagram. And then every second and fourth Wednesday of the month, I will continue to have these discussions on self-care. So thank you all so much for joining and just be on the lookout for additional conversations and topics.